What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Organization News Podcast. My name is Salman Ali at Renation Hoops on Twitter. Here, joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Huh, it's hot outside. Yeah, we are coming to you hours before free agency. As you may have noticed, there was no music to start the show. That's because I will not be editing this episode. What you're hearing is the raw audio of my conversation with Forrest. We are trying to make this as close to a live experience as possible. Uh, we may eventually do a live episode in the, uh, of this podcast in the future, but for right now, this is what we got. Uh, I have to control my swearing. I have to control how much I say um or like. Uh, so let's get into it. <laughs> Red Nation Hoops Nights. Yeah. So on Friday morning, LeBron chose to not exercise his player option, therefore making him an unrestricted free agent, and therefore completely removing the Rockets from the LeBron sweepstakes. I got to say, I'm not surprised. Him coming to Houston would have been a long shot, and it appears like he doesn't want to come to Houston because if he did, he would have opted in the contract and asked to be traded to Houston. Yeah, and some people have kind of been trying to formulate moves that he could show up in Houston anyway over the past couple days, but as many Houston folks have said, nope, that's it. Like That ended the dream, and honestly... Like I'd rather that than it drag on. So we know we know where he stands regarding Houston at the very least. Yeah, it's over. Like it's it's done. You can you can try to fit LeBron to the mid level exception all you want. Like he's not taking he's <laughs> yeah. not he's not taking some massive pay cut. Like the Rockets are like it's done. It's over. And, and it's pro. I think the Rockets as soon as that decision came down, they internally moved on. They might have moved on before that. In fact, actually, like. If you heard, yeah, they might have known ahead of time. Who knows? Yeah, if you heard Harden at the award show, it did not seem like he, like he thought LeBron had any chance of coming. Like I think some a reporter asked him maybe specifically about LeBron, and he said like, "No, we're good, man. We're good, man. We were a half away from the NBA Finals. We don't need to upgrade our team." And I feel like the Rockets knew internally by that point that this was the roster they're rolling with because LeBron had already said no, and he was planning to opt out. Yeah, it really kind of did sound like he had found out that LeBron wasn't coming over and had a little bit of sour grapes about it. <laughs> it was kind of funny. He was definitely saying, oh, no, we're good. We're good. We don't need him anyway. Yeah, and and clearly the Rockets were trying to recruit him. We've heard several reports about Houston having interest, and Chris Paul was texting LeBron. And, and these reports are coming from credible people. We're talking Stein and Woj here, like the two most credible reporters in basketball. Yeah, uh, it was done quickly, it was done uh, concretely, and now we're moving on to the next step of the LeBron saga, which appears to be Los Angeles. Yeah, before we get into that, like, I'm not a fan of Rockets fans treating this as some sort of doomsday. Like, This is w- what we all expected to happen. The Rockets yeah. are still very good. They were a half away from being the prohibitive favorites to win the NBA championship, and this is still an awesome team. There's nothing wrong with trying to bring the band back together. Yeah, uh, this is it's weird that kind of the worst case scenario is also an extremely good case scenario for the Rockets. And if they just bring everyone back, they're just right back there at it. It's yeah. not like it's not like the Warriors are going to sign LeBron James. 
Uh, it would have been well, nice. We to, can't rule that out yet. You know, it's still uh, time. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's technically possible. But uh, yeah, so they have the tools they need. Like honestly, this last playoffs is a huge success, and no one should be sad about this scenario where they didn't get LeBron James because now we know that they can take it to the Warriors. Yeah. So back to what you were saying, the LeBron saga. Yeah, uh, it's really looking like he's going to the Lakers. He, that's the overwhelming favorite right now, partially because everyone 5, else got dropped off the board. Yeah, 5, that's the same 000. chances the Rockets were given to beat the, uh, the 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 Timberwolves in the first round of the playoffs. That's nuts! Like five thousand. Like that's you're getting a hundred dollars back for betting five thousand dollars. Like that's nuts. Like I've never seen odds that high for a LeBron free agent decision ever, ever. Yeah, uh, it seems like it's a done deal. I mean, you, it's not 100%, I suppose. Uh, it's not over yet, but it's pretty rare that we see that kind of line on something that doesn't end up panning out. Uh, it seems like someone already knows. And once again, you know, you had people like Windhorse saying it really seems like it's down to Cleveland or Los Angeles at this point. And so uh, this makes it seem like it's just down to Los Angeles at this point. Yeah, and these Vegas guys know. Like, these, these people who, who set the sports book, like, they're... Like, if you check their history, as time goes on, they get more accurate. So the opening line of LeBron had the Lakers as, like, the second or third option. And as time went on, the odds suddenly increased as more information came out to the public. And, you know, these guys get inside information, man. Like, Bob Valgaris, like, knew about LeBron before he went to Cleveland. He knew about him before he went to Miami. Like, these guys get these guys get inside information sometimes even before the teams do. Like, it's... So... I would say it's it's looking like a pretty I'm not going to say concrete but it's looking pretty it'd be hard to to change the tide at this point. It would be yeah, it would be a huge upset. It would be a yeah. giant surprise if anything else happened at this point. Right, right. So it's leaning like LeBron is headed towards Los Angeles. Now we can't say that for sure. There's still time, but Again, like that's where the tide sh- five thousand. That's I can't get over that line. Yeah, that's an incredible line. Yeah, that's very rare. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I just never. You never see that for a LeBron decision. Like it's not even July first yet. Like how do you get a line like that that early? That's just you don't even. I mean, uh, presumably he's just going to announce it right away. Just like you, you think so. So, so begins. You think twelve oh one? You think twelve oh one? It seems like he's already made up his mind. He went to his decision cave to go figure it out. Uh, it really seems like he wants us to get this over with a lot faster than he has the last couple off seasons. Did you see LeBron's house in the Caribbean? I would like to have that house. Uh, did, did you see the pictures? Oh my god! Like, like the the, the pool looks awesome. They're, they have a beachfront, obviously. Like, and they're paying seventy five thousand dollars a week to live there. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you wish you had LeBron money, but I mean, like, it it, it felt like LeBron and his people just like st- were there for vacation, and I like you don't you don't figure that LeBron's doing like cliff diving stuff from ten feet, like if he if he doesn't have any idea where he's going. Like, I feel like LeBron knows already. I'm not sure when he's going to announce it, but I feel like he has an idea in his mind, and. Right now, at this point, we're we're just gonna find out how the introduction is. It gonna come through uninterrupted? Is it gonna come through Lee Jenkins again? Is it gonna come through like is Wads gonna tweet it? Like th- th- that's kind of where we're at right now with LeBron. Go on NBA Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so I think that's kind of where we're at with LeBron. If it doesn't happen immediately, I think it'll happen pretty quick. I doubt he wants to draw this out. I think everybody involved would like it to just finish up and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, LeBron's plane landed in Los Angeles today. Now, I, that, that could mean nothing. His family lives here. In, in fact, Ramona Shelburne tweeted that in response to, like, LeBron's like plane landing. Like, a source told her that, like, LeBron lives here. Like, this obviously he's going to be here. Uh, during free agency, and th- this is where all the NBA action is. Frankly, like everybody is in Los Angeles. Like right now, the entire NBA universe is in Los. Angeles. That's where all the meetings are happening. Like everything is scheduled to happen in LA. It happens like this every year. That's like the N- NBA central hub. Once July first happens, and um, the NBA teams were in- were informed that they have uh, twelve hours to schedule a meeting. Uh, I think that's the official memo. Like. These meetings were happen, happening a long time ago. Like the NBA needs to stop pretending like 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 NBA fans are naive to this stuff. Like everybody knows what's going on here. I don't know. This is just a little, little thing that uh, bothered me. Uh, yeah. So that's Los Angeles, and uh, well, it's not Los Angeles. There's more to LA. There's been some hilarious like Paul George rumors today. <laughs> Have you seen all these? Yeah. Okay. So Paul George, it, like much like. Um, much like LeBron, it's looking very, like, again, like, nothing's concrete yet. There hasn't been any deal announced yet, no verbal agreement. But it's looking really, really solid that he's going to stay in Oklahoma City next year. Yeah, he seems to have uh, drank that Kool-Aid, which is powerful, powerful Kool-Aid. Yeah, like, so the news that came out today is Russell Westbrook is throwing, uh, I'm, I'm going to quote it here, a summer house hype party. Like, that's that's what they're calling it, and... It's, uh, they're gonna have Nas there. They're gonna have um, <laughs> they're gonna have a bunch of like celebrities there, and Paul George is also going to be there. And like, if 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 it doesn't get more concrete than that, like I feel like his his announcement is gonna come at twelve oh one. Like it's, it, I find it hard to believe that he would attend this party <laughs> while also being headed towards Los Angeles. And there's been a lot of like rumblings about that too. That he's definitely leaning towards staying in a big way. Uh, and then his barber, Presti, man. <laughs> yeah, and then his like barber had uh, his tweets about it where he was seeing Wait, what? surely he was gonna come. Yeah, there was like his uh, shots of Paul George with a guy who's allegedly his barber, and the barber is saying like, "Oh, I just picked up my guy at the airport. You guys are gonna be happy in OKC or something." It's extremely unsubstantiated, but it's very funny and recent that allegedly the story is broken by Paul by Paul George's barber. I love NBA free agency. So it's so much. good, right? I love this <laughs> so much, man. And like, there's all this tracking going on with Instagram, and it's like that, that's like this is my favorite nerd level stuff with NBA free agency. Like when you can just like sit down in like a in like a bunker somewhere and like track all this stuff. Like, and there's internet sleuths around the world just following everybody's instagram page i love this i love this part of the nba calendar so much um so do you want to talk about um you want to go back to the rockets again and how all this stuff impacts okay so it seems like there's going to be a team in los angeles that's it's going to be it's going to be centered around lebron and probably Kawhi leonard the the lakers are going to like they're going to make a strong pitch towards Kawhi leonard they're they're putting their best foot forward right now it seems and the Spurs are hesitant to trade Kawhi Leonard until they get their best offer. But, I mean, the thing is, like, no other team has the kind of leverage than the Lakers. I mean, like, the Lakers hold 
such power over the Spurs right now because Kawhi's people are saying they're they're LA bound if you don't trade us to the Lakers right now. Like it just feels like it just feels like they're forcing a decision to Los Angeles. And the Lakers actually have pretty nice trade out trade assets. They have Ingram, they have Kuzma, they have Josh Hart, they have draft picks, they have Randall. Well, Randall's a restricted for agent right now, but they have um they have a lot of assets and I it just I I would it would be very shocked if, if at this time in all let's just say in two months if Kawhi Leonard isn't a a Laker because it's just there's too much noise because the Celtics have already Danny Ainge came out I think yesterday or the day before saying like it's it's a it look it's looking like it's gonna be really unlikely for the, for them to pull off a trade and the Sixers have we just haven't heard any rumblings about the Sixers getting serious about Kawhi. Brett Brown's running that whole operation after the Colangelo thing. And, like, it's looking more and more like Los Angeles is going to end up with Kawhi Leonard and LeBron by the end of maybe even this week, but definitely by August. A trade should have been worked out, and LeBron might agree within the next several days to go to Los Angeles. The Spurs need to take them for everything they're worth. I think they can get a lot from the Lakers. They should try to get every single one of those young guys they can. They should try to get Ingram. They should try to get Kuzma. They should try to get Hart. They should try to get like two or three draft picks on top of it. Whatever the Lakers want to give up, they should increase that offer. And I think that the Spurs will try to drive a hard bargain because, I don't know, it's... they. Uh, I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard, man. a big this, asset, yeah. It's one of the five best players in the league when he's healthy. Um, now, of course, like the big you know thing looming in the background is nobody knows what the hell is wrong with Kawhi, right? Like his his quad injury is still a big mystery to the NBA, which is crazy. Like like God knows how much time has passed since uh, the initial report about Kawhi being out for the rest of the season. Like it's like we still have no concrete answer as to what the what the what the quad injury is. Like I think I heard like a week ago that it was degenerative. Like. If it's degenerative, man, you got to be really careful for yeah the, in trading the, the latest, for that kind of asset. Yeah, the information I've seen suggests that it's well degenerative in as much as that uh, it's continued damage uh, on the quad. So basically, the problem that can occur in these injuries sometimes is that the wear and tear on uh, on your body can, in some injury cases, be greater or uh, around the same amount as the healing. And you have to heal it up to a certain point to make it stop wearing down as fast as it's healing. Uh, and so it's sometimes you just have to stay off of these things for like a year or something at a time. So if it is degenerative, it might be something that will be resolved after a certain point. Or maybe it just it could be a problem ongoing. It's hard to tell. So there is some reason to be worried about it. Yeah, by the way, my phone's going off in the background, so please ignore that. Like, if you hear it, like, I just, you have to stay on top of this. If something breaks, like, we have to talk about it right now. Um, yeah. It looks like the, like the NBA's come out with their cap figures. It's nothing new. Like, it's exactly what we expected, pretty much. Uh, 101 salary cap, uh, 101 million, uh, the mini mid-level, which is what the Rockets have, 5.3 million. The room exception, 4.49 million. Uh, the the mid level exception eight point six four million, um, the salary floor is ninety one million, luxury tax twenty one twenty three million. So not so it looks like the NBA got it right in their estimates. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be one one million, and it's it looks like the Rockets are gonna have a five point three million mini mid level exception to work with. Uh, by the way, a mini mid level exception is when you're uh, when you're a tax paying team. So and the Rockets figure to be a tax paying team. 
when this is all worked out. So they're going to have $5.3 million to improve their roster and their vet minimums. Yeah, which is not a lot. Uh, right, right. I think I feel like so it's it's a one on a one point eight million dollars salary cap, which is that's not a very big jump from last year. Uh, yeah, it's it's really plateaued, man. Yeah, it's like only three million increase, which is pretty rough. So that's like your standard increase, like year to year. That's like a regular interest, like like it's like no 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 new monies even come in. Like that's the kind of increase you have right here. Yeah, they had that big giant spike from that TV deal, and it's been tapering off a bit. Yeah. I mean, remember last last summer they were hoping for a much bigger increase, but then there was a lot less revenue from a playoff games. So we might see some articles soon about like how playoff ratings and games may have or may not have affected this stuff. Anyway, the point is that it's that does not give any more breathing room for the Rockets to work with. There's no way it would have anyway, but uh, there hasn't been like some kind of 11th hour salvation there. They're just going to be a tax paying team. Uh, and in my opinion, right now the game is just keep your agents. Yeah. There's going to be, Oh my God, the bloodbath that's going to result from this. Like God knows how many NBA agents are going to be fired after this. Like there's already rumblings of, of teams like of players getting upset with their agents and, you know, like, even last year, you saw some of this going on, but like this year, it's going to be like guys like Avery Bradley might get like five million dollars a year. Like that's nuts. Someone like someone like Dwight Howard might have to sign somewhere for the minimum, and someone like like who would have normally demanded a twenty million dollar contract like two years ago is going to get like eight. Like that's they're gonna have to settle for the mid level exception. <laughs> in large part because uh, because the players association decided they wanted all that money to go to Ryan Anderson and uh, and Kevin Durant. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Like it's the twenty six. Like Zach Lowe was talking about this. Like the twenty sixteen summer is gonna be like a seismic shift in how we talk about NBA history. It's gonna like obviously the Kevin Durant move resulted from the cap spike. Um, a, like a bunch of teams being hamstrung right now with cap issues is a direct result of 2016. Like, and and you were right. Like the teams were expecting this to be much bigger. Like a year ago, like they were expecting a in a you know a continuation of the of the cap jump. Like that was the estimated figures we were getting. But teams just overestimated the hell out of it and did and operated their business as if the cap was going to continue to increase. So Evan Turner and Ryan Anderson and these guys were getting contracts as if the cap was going to continue to increase like teams were operating under that assumption and it's going to come back and to i can't cuss it's going to come back to bite them in the butt it's going to haunt them for sure it's haunting the whole league yeah 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 so uh, go ahead so that leaves the rockets in the boat where they don't really have much room to improve uh they have to keep all their current free agents, basically. And some of them are on great deals, right? Like, you have a P.J. Tucker's on a fantastic deal. And that deal looks better every single day. Yeah. But uh, but they're going to have to pay a bunch of their guys. Chris Paul uh, is probably the, the next big... Let's talk the about first Chris Paul. To fall. Yeah. Let's talk about Chris Paul for a second. So, Chris Paul is go- is obviously an unrestricted free agent right now. The Rockets have bird rights where they can sign him for whatever he wants, theoretically, over the cap. And... All they're really paying for is luxury tax and 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 years. Years is the real key indicator here. Like, how many years is Chris Paul going to get? And like, this is like a 33 year old point guard coming off of multiple leg injuries. And like, the Rockets have to be careful here, man. Like, this is this is rocky waters because I think it's pretty much a, a done deal that Chris Paul's come back to the Rockets. Like, I mean, they're operating like it's 
Like it's, yeah, that's every indication. Yeah, like it's you haven't even heard Chris Paul meeting with other teams. You haven't even heard of you know the Rockets being hesitant to give him that kind of contract that he wants. But it just seems like all we're all we're really waiting for is the amount of years he's going to get. And I have no idea what kind of how they're going to structure this contract. To be honest, like I, I, all I know is like gut feeling. There's no way in hell he gets a five year max. No way in hell he gets a five year max. Unless that that fifth year is like non guaranteed or something, like I just have a hard yeah. time believing that Daryl Morey, this you know this specific executive, would give Chris Paul a five year max. Like we just like it just it's just mind blowing for me to see him getting forty plus million dollars at age thirty seven. Like I just I can't see it. Yeah, I think you avoid that however you can. Uh, hopefully, Chris Paul is realistic enough to understand that that no one wants to be paying him that much money at age 38. Um, I think that if you're the Rockets, you throw him like infinite money for three years and see what happens. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think we're, what we're looking at right now is a three to four year max. And that fourth year could get interesting because they could do some creative stuff with it. They could make some of it non-guaranteed. They could put a game limit on it. So if you play a certain amount of games, you can get, you know, some, you know, incentives can kick in. You can incentivize a contract. You can you can do some creative stuff with it. Or you could just flat out give them the max. And I, I don't think they're going to give them the five-year max. I, I, just, I just think, like, right now, if you're asking me what kind of deal Chris Paul is going to get, I, I'd say the three-year max. Like, I, I really yeah. think that's going to be beneficial to both parties. Like, I think the Rockets, like, if you put a gun to the head, you'd, you'd want a, a two-year max, really, from Chris Paul. But... I think you bite the bullet, give him that extra year because a 36-year-old Chris Paul getting max money really isn't that bad considering how well he's aged so far. Um, you might be worried about the injuries, but you're in that realm where you have to contend. Like You're you're in that short period of time of James Harden's prime where you have you have to maximize as, you know, as many years as you possibly can in the realm of contention. I think the Rockets bite the bullet, give him a, four, a three- to four-year max, and... It's it's looking more and more like it's going to happen like twelve oh one maybe an hour after free agency like I I think it's going to be one of the first contracts signed one of the first big contracts signed. Uh, yep, and uh, it really sounds like every indication is that he's just going to sign right away, and it's going to be a total non-story. Uh, so, and that's going to put them right into like salary hell but that's what they expect that's how you keep a team like this together uh this is a team that really shouldn't be able to put together that's how talented they are this salary cap is working against them at every moment and they just have to like kind of bite the bullet and keep it together as long as they can to maximize like you said uh this hardened championship window yeah and i'm sure tad and darrell talked to tillman for the rockets new owner before you like even in the process of buying the new team like they vetted these guys right so I'm pretty sure during the interview process, like Tillman was made aware that these luxury tax payments are going to come because the Chris Paul trade had already been made yeah. by that point, and everybody knew Chris Paul was going to be unrestricted free agent next year, and Clint Capella was coming up, and the, the possibility at least existed where he could get a large contract. Nobody knew he was going to have the type of season he had last year, but the possibility always always existed. So I'm sure they prepared him on the type of money Clint Capella could be seeing, and in term the kind of luxury tax payment you know Tillman could be paying like i'm i'm like pretty sure Tillman knows full you know he he's the team has prepared him for what kind of money yeah. he's going to have to spend and i think i think he'll spend it i i, I just i'm interested to see what kind of years he's going to get 
And what we're really looking at, like the the big question for AHC might just be like Clint Capella and Trevor Reese. Let's start with Clint Capella first because Clint Capella, obviously coming off a really, really great year, uh, ascending talent, 25 years old. I think he's, no, he's like 24, right? How old is he? Uh, yeah, I think he's like twenty four. He's just, he's very young. He's very young. He's very young. One of one of the better centers in the league. Um, huge fulcrum of the Rockets' offense and defense. In that he's a obviously a great rim runner, great pick and roll threat. The Rockets all they do is run pick and roll, and his threat to the lob creates so many opportunities for Harden and Paul. And defensively, he's one of the best switch defenders in the NBA as a big man. And he's, it's been like this for many years. So, really, really key cog in the Rocket system. He's but, an actual big man that you can throw against the Warriors also, which is yeah. invaluable. Right, right, 100%. And I'm just kind of I'm curious what kind of contract he's going to get, especially because of what Dallas has been doing recently. Um, so, Dallas, we talked about this on like after draft night. Dallas, tra- they didn't draft a big. They traded up to get Luka Doncic and... Um, they're without a center right now. That's their biggest need. And they're, and by all indications, they're going to go hard after a center this summer. And um, it came out yesterday that DeAndre Jordan opted out of his contract. Well, well I, I guess you don't you don't technically opt out of your contract. You just don't opt in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just don't exercise the option. So he's not going to exercise his option. He's going to become an unrestricted free agent. And by all indications, he's going to be Dallas's top target. So... Rockets fans should be rooting like at all costs for DeAndre Jordan to go to the, the Mavericks because he he the Mavericks right now are by far the biggest tutor for Clint Capella uh, at this moment because they they have a huge need there. Capella would slot right in with their two playmakers and their age range, and it just makes a lot of sense for for Dallas to throw big money at him, uh, even to to kind of screw up the screw with the Rockets. To, like it's a, that's a division rival you have right there. Yeah. And you know you might as well make them pay as much as you possibly can. The only thing is, like if if the if the Mavericks have plans to go after other centers, you can't tie up that space with Clint Capella because you're gonna have to, the official matching period starts July six, and you have two days to match a contract. That's new this year. It used to be three days, but now it's two days. So it's it's two day. You have two days to match the contract. So up until July eighth. All these all these free agent tenders could be have already been gone by now, and money could be dried up, and you just can't depend on DeAndre Jordan waiting in the wind for you like that. So, I'm interested to see how quickly um, the Mavericks resolve their center situation because it's going to have a direct impact on how the Rockets deal with Clint Capella. Yeah, I would think that they would want that, uh, or at least DeAndre would want to resolve it quickly so he can get a decent amount of money. Right, he would probably want right. to. Get that right away. Uh, get signed up with the, with the Mavs if that's where he's going to go, and then and the Mavs away, have and a then, ton of cap yeah. space. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, by the way, the news uh, is that, which we should just go over this a little bit. I think they have sent the qualifying offer to Clint Capella. It's four point seven five million. It's just a standard offer. Yeah, he's not um, going to take it. <laughs> no, he's not going to take it. <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, the way the way that restricted free agency works is that uh, you send to them a uh, qualifying offer. That's one of your options. You give them a qualifying offer and it's a set amount of money and they can take that qualifying offer. And if they do, they get this ludicrously low salary for that, that next year of their, of their contract. And then at the end of it, they're unrestricted free agent. It's done. 
that's like if you really want to get out of your restricted free agency at the quickest, that's how you do it. You just take the qualifying offer, you eat like a, a an unpleasant year of contract, and you just like are rapidly out of their system. Um, but what that also does is that once you give the qualifying offer, rather than just agreeing to a contract extension, what they can also do, you can also just agree to a contract extension with your team, and then it just is that's it. Uh, but if instead you give the qualifying offer, then it activates the weirdness of restricted free agency, which is that he can go get offers from other teams, but the Rockets have basically a right of first refusal on those. They can decide to match any offer that he gets from any other team. So uh, basically it means he's allowed to go set his own market. He can just go meet with teams and see how much money he's worth. And then the Rockets will pretty much 99% chances match whatever the best offer he gets is. And he will be satisfied that he got the money he's worth is I, I guess the assumption there. Right, and um, just to go over it again, the match, Clint Capella could give a verbal agreement to somebody that he's going to sign this offer sheet, but he can't officially sign it till July 6th. So the match period yeah. cannot start until July 6th, and it's a two-day two, two day max period where the Rocks, as you said, the Rocks can match anything given to Clint Capella by another team. But, like, the Rockets can also have the option to meet with Clint Capella before he meets with other teams. And give a give a contract that suits both of them, and the this this really benefits both teams here because both sides here because the Rockets can give him a five year max, which you you would think Clint Capella's camp would want, and the Rockets would want because you lock him up for long term money, and you can theoretically get a discount for Clint Capella if you meet with them early and come and come in negotiations negotiations with a good faith. And, you know, give him a fair offer. So maybe not the max, but slightly lower the max. Like, I, I would say what Clint Capella is looking at here is at least $100 million for five years. Like, that's he's going to get that, yeah. no question. I and, think that's what you shoot for. If you're Houston, maybe you offer him, like, eight starting of 18 initially just to sort of start on the low side. But I think what you want is to pay him 20 a year, effectively, uh, over the course of five years. Just so I think shy that's, of his max, right? Yeah, a little bit shy of his max, so you get a little bit of savings there, and you get a little bit of hometown discount. But he does get, like, a full bunch of years on a whole lot of money. And then you, 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 you swallow that without any, like worry about it <laughs> that's that's a, a pretty big contract but that's like the same money they're giving to ryan anderson so right so a, so a max from another team would be 108.6 million and it, it would be eight percent raises obviously 25 million dollar starting salary eight percent raises from there and a total of 108.6 million that's a four-year max so yeah yes yeah. it's a lot of money it's a lot of money it's a lot of money from houston it would be same starting salary, $25.25 million, and a total of um, 8% raise from there, obviously, and a total of $146.5 million for Clint Capella. I don't think the Rockets are going to give him that five-year max. I, I think if they come to the table early, the thought process is maybe we can get a discount from him. And, you know, to be honest, I don't think he's going to take the $20 million a year offer. I think I think he's probably going to try to try to get something just shy of 25 like probably like... 21 22 and yeah i think you have you get both sides can be happy with 21 or 22 right yeah and i think that's a fair offer because i mean if you look at the other centers on the market they're going to be squeezed for money um you know maybe daryl pulls off a miracle and gets a discount on him but i just i have a hard time believing that's going to happen like i, I think i think clint clint and his agent know just how valuable he is 
And I think they're going to try and get as much money as they possibly can, as they should. They Clint's earned it. He's had a really great season, and he he or he's, he he even if he's not a Rocket next year, he's earned every bit of his money next year. Like Rocket Absolutely. fans should acknowledge that he's earned. Like, don't call him selfish for leaving. Don't call him whatever. Like, I don't think he's leaving. I'm just saying, in the event that he leaves, like you cannot give him crap for it. He's earned every bit of his money. Yeah. But I think that the chances he leaves is very slim because they have complete control over whether or not he leaves. They just have to decide to pay right. that money or not. So yeah, right. I, I, Chris Paul and Clint Capella, I think, are, are honestly locked up. It's just a question of exactly how much money they'll be paying them. Yeah, in how many years and if they play hardball with Clint Capella and let him meet with other teams or if they meet with them early. So that's that's what we're, what we're looking at here. Like, I think, I, think Clint, I think Chris Paul is going to be the first Rockets free agent retained. And after that, I think they're going to go into every meeting with Chris Paul. Like I have, yeah. I have a feeling that that's what like that's what they did last year, basically. Uh, then they have to deal with Trevor Ariza, who seems to be uh, he he's interested in getting more money, uh, which you might if you are a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think he probably is going to get more money than his contract because his contract was a like a, sl- a lowering contract that ended up at like seven million in the last year, which was ridiculous. Right, like the the Rockets got a steal on his contract, and I think I think Trevor Ariza is pretty much taking a page out of the Andre Iguodala book from last year. Like yeah. he he's going to other teams, and he he knows very like he knows full well that the Rockets can offer him the most money, and he knows that I mean they can pretty much the Rock what, what he's dealing with with the Rockets is the luxury tax that that every dollar above you know. Above the luxury tax, like they're going to be paying Trevor Ariza a bunch of money. They're not. They're going to be paying him that money, but they're going to be paying for Trevor Ariza. Yeah, it will a, cost a lot, them. Yeah, a lot of money. So, I mean, Trevor Ariza knows this. He knows it's just a matter of money for them. He's not taking up any space. It's just a matter of how much are you willing to pay me? And I think he's going to try to squeeze the, the Rockets for as much as he possibly can. I think he should because wings are really targeted right now. In the like, they're really, really under. Really, really valuable on the market. That's that's the correct word. They're yeah. really, really valuable. Three and D wings of his type. Now, I gotta say this: like I've been reading articles about under the radar free agents, and I've consistently read about Trevor Ariza being one of the most undervalued free agents, and him being this perfect modern day three and D wing. Like, no, he's not that. Like, we need to stop categorizing Trevor Ariza as like he's like. It, it just reminds me of like 2015 Jay Crowder, like where we overrated the hell out of him. And like the <laughs> yeah. internal fan base knew just how good he was. That's why they weren't upset when he left. When he and <laughs> like and that's the that's the kind of vibe I get here. And that's like I just think he's he's this situation for him is perfect and he, he fares very well here. He's a fine three point shooter, he's not a good three point shooter. Like that needs to get out of the vocabulary when describing him. He's a He's a he's an okay defender, above average in the playoffs, and did a really good job this year. Like he's not a great defender. That that needs to that needs to be done. Like he's he's pretty much a really good glue guy. That's the way you should describe him. And and I think the Rockets know that. I know. I think they know how old he is. I think they know um, that he's he's probably going to get worse as the years go on. And at this point, like you you probably shouldn't pay him more than ten million dollars a year. And I think I think that's I think that's a fair offer for Ariza because the mid level exception this year is going to be eight point something million eight point six million right yeah 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 eight, it's going to be eight point six million dollars so ten million dollars is just you know above that it's fair it's reasonable I, I I think 
I think that that's pretty much the contract range we're talking about for Trevor Reza. We're talking yeah, I think eight, it's all right around mid-level exception to ten million dollars. Like it's going to be in that range. I don't know how many years he's going to get. I don't think he's going to get four or five. I think it's similar to like I, I. It might be Chris Paul and Trevor Reza might get the same amount of years. Like it, I, that that might be a distinct possibility here, where like they both they both might get like three years. Yeah. I, that's kind of what I would expect, honestly. If you can get him for three years, ten million a year, you call that a win and move on. Right. Like you'd you'd ideally like to pay him like the mid level exception over four years or whatever, over three years or whatever. But I mean, I I think the way he's playing this, like there's been a report by like Shum Strania that he's gonna meet with teams on July first. Like he's playing hardball. He's taking a page out of the Iguodala book, and he's going to he's he's going to make the Rockets pay, <laughs> and. That's fine. Uh, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna get a three year, thirty million dollar offer sheet. Like I think that that's kind of where I feel like the Rockets are gonna settle with him. And then that just leaves uh, the last couple free agents they have to worry about. They need to worry about uh, about Luke Richard and Bamute and Gerald Green. Right. And they only need to worry about one of them, honestly. <laughs> one more thing I want to mention, whichever reason they might front load his contract because. Like I, last time, yeah. yeah, they might front load his contract, and they might they might give him a little bit more money in the in the in the front in the front end. Like they might just like give him like thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year this year, and then for the following years that you know they pay him market salary. But that that's just one the last thing I want to mention. Um, Gerald Green. So it's reported that the Rockets are going to meet with Trevor, not with Trevor, is it with Gerald Green on July first. And he's going to be the first player they meet with, pretty much. And I think, I think the Rockets are are doing this specifically because they know they can't give him anything more than the, than the veterans minimum. Like they, yeah, it's just he's just not that. Like he's he, he he played a key part in the Rockets playoffs this year, like because there were so many injuries and the Rockets pretty much had no bench to work with because all their bigs couldn't play against the Warriors and and Luke and Bamute's shoulder was so messed up. So I think. I think Gerald Green knows that. I, I, I'm not sure what he's looking to demand on the free market. Uh, he's probably looking at the taxpayer mid level somewhere else. Like I think that's probably the the max he's looking at right now, like five point four million dollars if he goes to another team. I think the Rockets are going to give him a vet minimum. I'm not sure if he's going to return. Like I, I think if he demands more than a vet minimum, you clean your hands and and you walk away and you and you look for other bargain ba- basement deals you can look on the free market. Yeah, he wasn't so mission critical that it's really a big problem if he uh, goes ahead and moves. <laughs> so uh, they can give him what, like a little tiny bit above the minimum, right? Like if they can give him like a, like a non-bird raise, basically. But it's just it's it's not much. But <laughs> he's yeah, and, he's consigned to like two point eight max or something. I don't think Tillman does that because like if, if you pay him the non-bird, like every dollar you pay again, they're in luxury tax hell. So it's going to be a lot of money, uh, a lot of additional money on top of like it's I think it's like three million dollars in luxury tax extra on top of the vet minimum if you pay him the non-bird. So I I, I just I don't think they're going to do that. Um, they might, who knows? They might they might think you know Gerald Green is worth paying that luxury tax for. We'll see. I I think I think it's looking more likely that if if Gerald Green doesn't accept a veteran's minimum from the Rockets, he's he's not going to be a Rocket next year. Like it's, I would, yeah. I would put his chances at fifty fifty on returning. Uh, but yeah, and it'd be sad that he's not on the team anymore. But he's not an important part of the team. 
it's fine. Yeah. Uh, the the real big problem is going to be dealing with Luke Richard and Bamute. Yeah, Luke Richard and Bamute is going to be the fascinating one because the Rockets again limited resources. They have to sign their rookies too, the rookies that they drafted and the you know the the, the undrafted guys that perform well in summer league. They got to pay those guys somehow. So they're gonna they might be taking that money out of the out of their taxpayer mid level exception and. I I I think that's pretty much what you're looking at for Luke Mbamute, the taxpayer mid level exception. It's gonna it's gonna really depend on how much the Rockets uh, take out of that mid, taxpayer mid level to pay other guys. Um, I it's possible that they give Luke Mbamute the the full taxpayer mid level. Uh, I'm not sure. It, it, it really depends on how creative Daryl gets here with the with their finances. Um, but he is a key key cog in the Rocket system, like. A legitimately great defender, a competent three-point shooter. I wouldn't say a great three-point shooter, a, a good, competent three-point shooter. Very switchable um, and would have been a really, really key piece in the, in the Warriors series uh, it had he been healthy. But his shoulder was so messed up that it just, the Rockets couldn't play him because he was missing layups. So I want, I'm want i interested to see how, how they handle that. Like I want to see how much... Mbamute demands on the free market. I, I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure what he's going to get on the free market because, again, teams are so squeezed for cap right now. Um, he, he may be able to get the full mid-level exception, which is $8.6 million, as we said before. That's $3 million more than the Rockets can offer him. Um, we'll see. It's it's. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, think, I think they're going to give him the taxpayer mid-level. I have a feeling he'll be back. But... It really depends on how how important the money is for him right now at this point in his career. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the most likely scenario is probably he gets about that five million mark, and because uh, it's a pretty meaningful raise over like he was making what like like the minimum like two point five or so last last year. Yeah. So give him like a, a a meaningful raise above that, but yeah, it's about all they can really afford to give him. Uh, if they can if they can bring him back, fantastic. I mean. Once again, if the Rockets bring back all their free agents and ha- and you know have any little sliver of that mid-level exception left over, that's a that's a pretty big get. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about ways they can improve their team. So we're just talking about ways they can retain their team. Let's talk about ways they can improve their team. The only avenue, the only significant avenue they have left right now is trade. I mean, that's pretty much the biggest avenue we're talking about to improving their team. Like the Rockets have. Cash. They have they have a significant amount of cash left over because they only paid one point five million dollars uh, during the draft for a second round pick, and they they have that to work with. They have all their future first moving forward. They only the only pick they have going out is their next next year's second rounder. So other than that, they have all their draft picks moving forward. They have they have Ryan Anderson's contract, which I I have a strong feeling that they're going to try to move this year. So. Let's let's go ahead and talk about ways they can move Ryan Anderson and perhaps improve their team. Uh, well, number one is you pair him up with enough draft picks to move him and perhaps take back some salary in a trade as well for somebody you actually want to play. That's like really plan A, right? Is you, you sweeten it enough with draft picks that someone's willing to pick up those two years of his of his contract and give you back someone who's more useful than the not at all useful Ryan Anderson is. Right, so I'm gonna throw out a deal that I t- I totally stole. Like it's been it's been ru- like not rumor. It's it's been thrown out like a lot on 
Rockets Twitter. It's been thrown out on podcasts. I've heard. I even heard it in person. Like this. This deal is like pretty popular on on the Rockets web web. I guess right now. Um, Ryan Anderson plus a first rounder for Kent Bazemore. I think that's a pretty fair deal for both parties. Like Atlanta looks like they really want to re like take a long haul approach here, like a Sam Hinkie esque approach. And, and in doing that, they they're going to use their space to absorb bad contracts and, and take in more draft picks. And in this specific scenario, you're you're not using much of your cap space because you're giving out Ken Bazemore and you're taking in Ryan Anderson's contract. So it's pretty much a wash. Not much of a difference between those two contracts. And so you and you're getting a first round pick back. So you're you're getting Ryan Anderson's contract plus a first round pick. I think that's a fair trade. For both parties, if if they were just yep. trading him into space, I think I think they would it, it would require more than for one first rounder. I think it would require multiple first rounders. But it, but in this case, they're not trading him into space. They're trading him for another player. I think that's fair. Yeah, and I think that Bazemore, as much as he's struggled recently, has the potential to be a lot more useful in Houston's system. I mean, also they went after Bazemore in that yeah. same year they signed uh, Ryan Anderson, and he's. You know, he has a lot more defensive tools. Uh, he fits that kind of 3-and-D switchy uh, defense system they want to run. So he'd be another guy they can add into that system. So I think it would be a fantastic deal. And it seems, honestly, fairly uh, doable as well. Yeah, and like the, the also, I, I think I think the, the Hawks could use Ryan Anderson. I mean, they're trying to incorporate... Um, Trey Young right now, right? Like, I, I mean, if you're trying to incorporate a great passing guard, I mean, what uh, what better player to put next to him than Ryan Anderson to ease him into the NBA? Perhaps even get him like a couple assists per game. Like, it stretches the floor for them. Like, in, in the short term, I'm, I'm sure Ryan Anderson won't be in their long term plans, but in the short term, you he stretches the floor for you. Um, he gets Trey Young comfortable with playing in an NBA system. And um, they have a new coach, David um, Lloyd Pierce. They have a new general manager, Travis Schlenk. I think Ryan Anderson might, you know, could in the short term be a nice little culture fit for like a year or two, however long they plan to keep him. Um, and I think, as you said, Kent Bazemore has a lot of has a lot of attractiveness for the Rockets. I mean, they met with him on July first. Like he was the first person they met with um, in the, in free agency. I think it was. Two years ago, 2016, the summer where all those bad contracts got were given out, he was the first guy they met with, they, and they brought like a, a a huge cast of characters. They brought they brought Yao, they brought Hakeem, they brought Clyde, they brought Harden, they brought like they brought a bunch of <laughs> Hall of Famers to that meeting. I think I think they they brought Tracy too, right? I think they, they brought uh, it. yeah, they brought everyone. It was pretty wild that for some reason he got like the King's treatment. Right, they, they brought a lot of guys to that meeting. Um, and like, you know, obviously I think, I think I even heard a, a report about Kent Bazemore being impressed with their, um, it might, it might have, it was either Kent Bazemore or Iguodala that was really impressed with the meeting with the Rockets. Um, either way, like the Rockets obviously have interest in Bazemore. They've shown it in the past. Um, they tried to get, I, they tried to get him in 2016 and I, I think, I think it would be a nice fit. He hasn't been pretty he hasn't been good defensively this the past year or so but i think a lot of that is because the hawks are so bad and there's no there's no there's no real reason to be motivated to play hard defense <laughs> but he he has the tools to play great defense i mean if you remember 
uh, that season where the Hawks won 60 games. I mean, he was a big part of that, right? Like him, Damari Carroll, Kyle Korver were a huge part of that defensive system for Mike Boonehoser. He'd be a great fit here under Bazelic. And the Rockets could use as many wings as they can to play against the Warriors in the playoffs. That's that's that seems like a reasonable deal they could go after to try and improve their team. Um, some other guys, Iman Shumpert, you, you could also do this with. Um, that's a guy. Yeah, that's a guy. Uh, you can do, there, there are other wings in the market you could try doing this with that are on bad teams, and you could try and you could try and create tra- like creative trade packages with like some of their their draft picks and some of their. Some some of their rights guys, like they have the rights to Sergio Yule, they have the rights to Alessandro Gentile, they have the rights to a lot of guys. You can attach those rights uh, to Ryan Anderson's contract, create creative deals, maybe even try to move Nene in some of those deals because Nene is a contract on the books that you can move. So you can go in that avenue. Um, you know, you can try moving Anuaku. Anuaku's a guy um, who hasn't really panned out that well in the Rockets' farm system. So maybe you could try moving him uh, with with a draft pick and maybe get another you know key piece back. There are avenues to improve this team around the edges, but what you're looking at the summer for the Rockets is pretty much bringing back the same core and you know using your vet minimums to see if you can get bargain basement deals and, um, and, and get guys to return. Yep. Uh, it's probably not going to be a super exciting offseason for Houston Rockets fans, but that's fine because it was a super exciting regular season and playoffs and looks like it probably will be again. So, uh, yeah. And I'll say this, like in the past five or six years, like I can't remember a boring Daryl Morey offseason. So, I mean, I feel like we're due. Like if <laughs> something happens. Yeah. Like, and, and, and even like if nothing happens, like, I, it's again fantastic team to bring back. It's I have no problem with the Rockets running it back. I mean, I keep I keep mentioning them as a sixty five one team. They're probably not going to win sixty five again, but they're still going to be a sixty plus one team. Like that's the level of talent and coaching that they have. Um, I, I think they're still going to be very good and he's still formidable Warriors opponent opponent next year. And you know there are ways they can they can be better in the playoffs. Like they obviously get healthy. And uh, you, there are ways you can prevent injuries. You can you can rest your guys during the season a little bit more. You can reduce the minute load on Chris Paul. You can you know you can get creative with that kind of stuff. And there are still ways you can become come back in a Warrior series and and be better uh, and be better suited. There's some game plan strategies there. So it's not. I, I'm trying to be optimistic, but I mean what you're looking at right now is a pretty bland summer of bringing everybody back. But I think that's a, that's still a very good summer. I think a lot of teams would. Would love to trade places with the Rockets. Right More now. importantly, it's a very good team. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's it. This podcast is going to be uploaded right away. Uh, we're not going to mess around. I, like normally, I wait like a day or two for uh, before I edit and upload this. But this is not going to be edited. We're just going to straight upload this, um, and you guys are going to get in your feeds right away. Pretty much right before free agency, we are two and a half away, two and a half hours away from free agency. So you're, you're going to get this. In uh, two hours before free agency, I would say we're gonna up. It's this will be up a, in a half, half hour. It's and, about to go down. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I, this is gonna be fun. Like, it's it's totally possible that there is no movement come July first. Like, but there usually is some movement. There are some contracts agreed upon. But again, a lot of teams are, are squeezed for cap space, so we don't know. We don't know. I have no idea what's gonna happen July first. But that's what's fun about it. 
Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at RedNicheNoobsFall. For us on Twitter at DoNots. Give us a good review on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Um, it really helps people find the show. And yeah, guys, good night.